This is the Learning Capacity Podcast, where we like to talk about making positive dents in the educational universe. Wishing you a very warm welcome, you're with Colin Klupik. This podcast is brought to you by LearnFast Australia, helping students achieve better learning outcomes with neuroscience programs since 1999. In this episode, I continue the discussion with Brad Fuller about creating positive classroom culture, but this time we go into the backstory behind the development of the innovative music learning space he created for Northern Beaches Christian School in Sydney. Brad then tells what it was like to share his story with teachers around Australia. As we find out, the reactions were subject to, well, let's call it regional variation. Brad Fuller, welcome to the conversation. Thank you very much. In a previous discussion, we talked about positive classroom culture, where you told us that, well, quite simply, it's just all about the gig. And you mentioned that you went on a a tour of Australia selling the message of the fact that your music program is, well, it's all about the gig. What I'm really interested to find out, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested as well, is did you notice any particular cultural differences around Australia in the way this message was received, or was it just generally received pretty much the same? Uh, It was subject to regional variation, (laughs) interestingly that sounds like an asterisk at the bottom of a product description saying terms and conditions apply yeah check website for details (laughs) it's exactly that well i guess just just some quick background i was given an opportunity there was a a building at my at at what became my school uh where they had two music classrooms and they were very traditional and needed some love so i was contracted as a as a consultant to redesign these two classrooms by knocking the wall out and making something special. And so using I, I guess really importantly though, this this project, which came to be known as Project R and B, was supposed to start with pedagogy or start with a philosophy or a way of thinking about how we wanted students to feel and learn in the space before we actually thought about the space or the equipment that we filled the space with. Or the content that you wanted to teach them. Exactly. And so we, I I guess I developed the the concept of it's all about the gig and that if it is all about the gig and if performance is important for musicians and and if that old adage of perfect practice makes perfect – why then would you build a room with desks and chairs and a whiteboard? How does that prepare you to be a musician? And so my thing was that if it is all about the gig, then shouldn't the music space actually be a performance venue? So that's what we did. We knocked the walls out and we built a performance space. And in that performance space, we built zones that students could go to do various things so they could we thought about well, what what does a musician do when and a musician jots down ideas and musicians call that demoing and and you make a demo where you jot you might jot down a melody or a or a flute part or something like that and then what you do well then you take it to a group of people and you say let's work on this together and musicians call that jamming so we built other spaces around the room and we call those jam rooms. 
And then you come onto stage once you've jammed, as musicians do, and you perform. And so we can record our performances as well. And then uh, in the music industry, the next thing you would do is you would go to a, a mixing suite and you would overdub things using a beautiful microphone uh, and somebody would put the sugar on it, as we say in the industry, and, and edit all of the mistakes and all of that and then ultimately publish it to the world. So, uh, And then along the way, we decided, well, actually, really these days, the output for many musicians is YouTube. So we incorporated a video element as well. And so we decided a little while ago that actually we weren't coming to school to learn about music. Actually, we were coming to school to make music television. So for the last 12 months, that's exactly what we've been doing. It sounds like a very innovative spin on what most people would probably think of as a fairly standard music curriculum. How's it been, before we go on to your road tour, because I really want to hear about that, how have people generally in your school community received this method, I suppose you could call it? Uh I've had people. I've had uh, people from around the world come into our into our space, uh, and just recently, uh, as as I was describing what we were doing, and we were walking around the space, a lady started to cry. It was beautiful. Uh, and just today, I was speaking with uh, a man who'd been involved in the beginning of the school, and we did a tour, and I played him some of our TV shows. And I explained what we were doing. And at the end, he said, you've touched my soul. Wow. And uh, I don't, it's pretty special. And just seeing the, the engagement and the buy-in from our students, even at this very early stage, we only finished really phase one uh, at the end of term one last year. So it's been just over 12 months of pioneering this, this new way of thinking about education, literally from a shell of a classroom with nothing in it. Uh, and we even, uh, somebody threw out the only filing cabinet we had. <laughs> so we started, uh, we literally started building with from, from a clean page, a, a blank piece of paper. I should let you know that when I become president, um, I'm, filing cabinets will become illegal. <laughs> I could just imagine people throwing them out the windows. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? We'll have special people coming to weed them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there'd be a file on them. Yes, <laughs> yeah, if you pardon the pun. But yeah. uh, I'm sure you could make a TV show about that. Um, <laughs> the thing I really like about this is that you're talking about a process and an environment where people learn. We haven't really heard the words classroom and uh, and curriculum and exercises or books, yet you're having, you're having people come to look at this this environment that you've created from all around the world and people are using phrases like you've touched my soul and people have started to cry. That must be, uh, must be an incredible feeling to be generating a, a music environment that does that. It, on a good day, it is. But, <laughs> but as, as anyone involved in education knows, it's, uh, it's not an easy ride and we're, and we're dealing with people, aren't we? And, uh, and that, that's challenging. And on a good day, it's wonderful. And, uh, on a not so good day, it's not nearly as wonderful, but um, it is it is incredibly rewarding. I think that segues nicely into your previous comment about experiencing regional variation in terms of the reaction to this this idea on music teaching. Can you fill us in on a little bit of your road trip around Australia? Yeah, well, 
uh, listeners may not be aware that you and I have actually uh, a history of of teacher education uh, that that we've uh, undertaken together, and we, we've both at times been out talking to people about how they could do things. And so this time I thought, well, actually, rather than talking about how they could do things, I'd just share my story. And that's exactly what I've done. I've, I've been given a unique opportunity to design and implement uh, a, a completely individual approach, I guess, to education. And so this time I traveled around Australia and, and over to Auckland as well. And I just told my story. And it was very interesting to see the different, uh, I guess, the different reactions to that. And it's a very well-resourced classroom. So one of the reactions I would see would be from people that would say, well, it's all right for you. You're obviously in a rich school. Uh, And that was interesting. Um, There would be other people who would say, well, that would would never fly in my community. And they'd find all sorts of excuses why that, that couldn't happen. And then there were the other people that you would look out and you could just see that they were thinking, well, this is it. <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody to talk like this and it, and it, and it empowers me. And uh, those people would come up afterwards and say, that's it, I'm off back to school uh, and I'm going to get some lounge chairs, <laughs> which is a little, super, a little superficial. Uh, it's a little deeper than lounge chairs in the classroom. I'll just fill our listeners in. If you didn't catch our earlier conversation, that is because you do actually have lounge chairs in your music room, right? Yes, exclusively. Yeah, yeah, exclusively. So we're out with the chairs and in with the lounges. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Continue. <laughs> uh, so interestingly, do, should, do we name names here? Are we uh, talking about specific states or do you want to keep it uh, broader? Oh, no, I think we should name names. I mean, if let's put it this way. If NAPLAN is willing to name names, then yeah. I don't see why we can't. Um, I think the the most troubling response I got was was from teachers in in Queensland, and they just seemed to me because my approach is relies heavily on whatever technology I can or tools I can get my hands on. Uh, the teachers and and you and I have both travelled to Queensland to talk about education together. Those teachers just seemed completely frustrated. Uh, with the technological systems that, particularly in the state schools, and the restrictions that were placed on them. And, uh, you know, I'd talk about things like uh, publishing to YouTube, and they'd say, well, we're not even allowed to use that word in our schools. (laughs) So, uh, and I think that's the biggest, uh, what? It's the most moving thing when when you say to people look what you can do and then they come up to you and this is this is across all states now and they come up to you and say well there's no infrastructure for that sort of thing in my school nor understanding of the need for it or or how we can put that in place uh and so that for me having been around australia is is really this this idea of providing infrastructure for our teachers uh, things like access to to the internet uh, and Wi-Fi and websites that aren't blocked and for teachers to be able to even things like file sharing. Mm. There's so many so many constraints around file sharing in some mm. of the states that in some states teachers can't use Google Drive for crime. yeah yeah. I think that I'll just pause you on that because. I, even simple things like file sharing, I think, are so critically important. And I think one of the things that 
people in general need to know, and particularly our listeners, is that file sharing and communicating with people on the internet has been taken care of by the people who think that it's really important. So we don't have problems with those things anymore. It used to be a case of, oh, can I upload this to the server? But that just doesn't exist anymore. In fact, it hasn't existed for some time. And it, it's, I think it's really a case that we need to get the message of joy out there because it's not a... Yeah, I don't want it to sound like a frustrating message because it, because it isn't. I mean, what's not to like about being able to freely share information with people? Yeah, and I think uh, you and I, in the early days of, of all of this technology getting really useful, uh, found that there were all sorts of barriers for us as well. And I think my encouragement to, to all of those teachers that came to me and, and talked about barriers was, was just find a way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's, there's a way. You know, it might not necessarily be uh, via the systems that have been supplied, but there are ways. And mm. uh, and I, I know famously you had your own pocket Wi-Fi dongle there for a while. <laughs> oh, those, I think, those were desperate times. <laughs> I think I even was in a position where I would hand Wi-Fi dongles out to my I, – I, I had tutors come to me for Wi-Fi dongles at the beginning of each day and they'd bring them back at the end. So – yeah, we're certainly no stranger to those those barriers, but um, you know, often in education, uh, administrators and leaders get behind those teachers that can demonstrate initiative mm. and uh, to be seen to have momentum. So that was that was my, I guess that was my advice because certainly nothing uh, in in my career to to date had has been well, not everything has been handed to me on a plate. I've often mostly. Had to uh, had to have proof of concept first, mm. and uh, I think that's something that the teachers could take on board to um, to feel free to to innovate uh, in in ways that nobody's thought about yet, and show look what I, look what I can do with this Wi-Fi dongle. <laughs> imagine if imagine if it actually plugged into the wall. What we could do. Uh, look, I think it's also important to realise here that if we come back to the original uh, thought for the for this discussion. Uh, we, we were originally talking about positive classroom culture, and I think this all links in really well because if you don't have access to these things or if these things are problems, then that by definition is just going to start negatively impacting classroom culture, and that's not what we're about. So, okay, so we've heard that Queensland is, well, problematic. Can you give us the state which is really uh, moving ahead? Is there one? I, I, I like what's going on in, in Victoria, uh, the teachers in Victoria seem to be much freer and uh, the syllabus down there seems to allow uh, a greater range of interpretation, individual interpretation by the teachers and a greater range of skills and technologies to be brought in. Uh, and so I would say that they were possibly the most responsive audience that, uh, that I experienced. And uh, and then all points in between. So in terms of getting on to uh, or, or getting the concept uh, and being able to freely imp- implement it without having to get into any grey areas, which uh, the innovative educator often has to, mm. uh, I would say Victoria seems to, to have a real momentum and excitement around uh, innovation in education. Coming back to your local circumstances then, you've been doing this for... About a year now or two, two years? Well, actually, uh, full-time for 
I guess the, the story there is that I, I was c- contracted to design and, and help to build the space, uh, but it was so awesome that I was able to come to work here full-time at, uh, at the beginning of last year. And so I've actually had a four-year engagement with the school, but um, only actually as a classroom teacher for about 18 months. Okay, and, so, uh, so this has been going on for a, f- a few years. You've been building this for a while. Yes, yeah. Two days a week initially, then uh, then I was one day a week, and then for the last 18 months full-time. So uh, it's been a slow burn. So it certainly wasn't, we, pl- we didn't plonk everything in and it was perfect from day one. Um, and I think this is a, it's a really hard road, but it's it's a really great way to build a space and uh, fill it with equipment and resources and pedagogy because um, there's I guess there's lots of iterations um, that have gone into what you can see today. So it's it's now starting to bear some fruit, I take it, and you've probably been having some reasonable success. I would, I would imagine with your senior students. Indeed. In fact, that was probably the, the third trend that I, I would hear from, from teachers, uh, as, and that, that was probably across all states, was I would start talking about all of, all of what I'm doing, and they would say, well, well tell, me, tell me about how does it relate to the syllabus, and tell me about your programs and assessment, which I think it's all valid, uh, but it's a little narrow. Mm. Uh, and our our principal at the school coined well i think my colleagues and i tweaked it a little bit but essentially his cat his he coined the phrase that he thought the hsc which is what we study in e12 in new south wales the hsc should be the foundation and not the ceiling of of what our students are aiming for mm. and uh that, that i think that is really that's really powerful so we don't even think of we we think way beyond the parameters of the HSC in our classroom. Um, I guess the, those reactions would be justifiable from one perspective because at the end of the day, it, there is a curriculum that, that needs to be taught and, and students need to learn uh, things that are in the system. And I guess it just depends on your perception of, of how to go about that because, as we said right at the beginning, if you don't have a positive classroom culture, then you can try and drum something into someone's head as much as you like, but it's just not it's not going to go in necessarily. No, why would it? You know, yeah. uh, if if the student's thinking, oh, I can't see the point, then until until the student can see that there's it's what you're trying to do is relevant, then well, you're just beating your head against a brick wall, aren't you? Mm. So, what about New South Wales and in your in your home state? Are you the pioneer? Are you the only one, or are you a part of a group? Uh, I think that's a big problem in music education. I think there are pockets of awesomeness that are disconnected, and uh, there are, I, I guess, there are people around Australia trying to connect up. But I think that's a, we've got a, a huge hole in education generally of uh, and a huge problem of not really being able to properly connect like-minded teachers together or even um, even unlike-minded teachers mm. who, who could uh, have discourse. I think there's just a lack of discourse, uh, which is why I'm just so thankful that we can, we can read blogs and I, I, I don't know where I'd be 
in education if if people hadn't started blogging uh, because that's where I find my people and and find the confidence to come to work and and try. Uh, but I think I think we've got to and maybe maybe we've leapfrogged the whole idea about having to go to meetings and physically get in rooms together. Maybe we've leapfrogged all that, and maybe cyberspace is is a a best is the best way to bring these these pockets of people together and and grow a community around that. But I don't think we're there yet. No, well, certainly we're on the way. I mean, you're reading blogs which are written by people all over the world, and at the moment, whilst it sounds like we're almost in the same room, you're in Sydney and I'm in Newcastle, and certainly technology and the internet and blogs, podcasting call it what you like, um, these do help to bring people together. But I, I think I'd have to agree with you. The, there is still quite a significant disconnect. And I, and I see that also within my own working environment. And I've often had discussions with a few people saying, look, there's no reason why we can't do more at, on a, a cross-faculty basis to make sure that we're getting the best out of each other and taking that into our classroom experience as well. I agree wholeheartedly, and and I think a great example of that is is one of the reasons I love teaching where I teach is that we have a reading group, and uh, we I, I guess there's a a guy who's kind of the leader, and he finds books or people suggest books to him, and he sends out invitations, and we all read a chapter a week, and uh, we've got a shared Google Doc where we can ruminate, and then we just meet up for half an hour after school one day a week and talk about what we've read and get off topic and all of that. <laughs> As you do. Uh, but I, I think that's a wonderful way of, of building community around something positive in a school. That sounds like a great concept, which I'd like to hear more about, and I'm sure our listeners would like to hear more about that as well. Would you be happy to share your views on your reading group with us at some stage? I would love to. That sounds great. Brad Fuller, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Colin. You've been listening to the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFast Australia. If you'd like to comment on this podcast, send us an email to feedback at learnfastgroup.com.au and if you'd like to find out more about LearnFast, visit learnfasthome.com.au where you can also subscribe to the blog. Until next time, bye for now. Music